Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cavaliers. As always, I'm your host, Chris Manning, from Fear the Sword and the Setback. Today we're going to recap the Cleveland Cavaliers' streak-breaking win against the Toronto Raptors. Last night, the Cavaliers won 116-112, beating Toronto to snap a three-game losing streak, as you probably know already. The Cavs did look pretty good in this game. Had a couple of bad things happen, which we'll get into but it also put them back at top Eastern Conference. They were at a quasi-tie with the with the Raptors because of this game. And as we'll talk about again in a little bit, they're now 3-0 against Toronto this season. After losing the season series last year. Pretty much everything you want about the Cavs to go right right now, uh, after last night, is. Aside from one little thing. And you have to like how they played last night, considering it didn't start off that well at different points. They, they were up by double digits, and then in the game got close late. Um, especially if DeMar DeRozan and his three had counted, if you know that his foot was just a little bit out of bounds upon replay. Um, but before we get into today's show, I just want to let you know that it is sponsored by BetDSI.com. BetDSI.com is a place where you can go and bet on. So do you love basketball? Are you ready to get into the action? Then you need to check out BetDSI.com. This is a company with over 20 years in the business. They're a top-rated business. And they have a great basketball special if you sign up today and try their service. They're also offering 100% bonus on your first deposit. You get fast and easy winnings. There are hundreds of basketball and football wagers to choose from. You can give me a UFC. Uh, you can, so if you want to bet on Anthony Pettis and Max Holloway this weekend, you can do that. If you want to bet on the Cavs game this week, you can do that. And if you're someone who wants to bet in-game, you can do it with basketball, football, and other major sporting events. If there's something you want to play, even if it's something political, even if it's something maybe that isn't even tied to sports, you can probably find it on BetDSI.com. So right now, if you go to BetDSI.com, go there, use the promotional code CAVALIERS10, get your free wager, and start winning today. Again, so go to BetDSI.com, that's BetDSI.com, use that promo code for this podcast, CAVALIERS10, and get your free wager and start winning today. Again, 100% bonus on your first deposit. And if you sign up today, you get $10 free to try that service. Top-rated, safe, I've bet there. You're not going to find a better place to do it online. So go check out BetDSI.com. Use that promo code, Cavaliers10. So, first up, we're going to obviously do our recap format for this show. And first off, we're going to start with J.R. Smith's injury. Now, we know, if you if you saw the game last night, J.R.'s injury did not look particularly good. Uh, end of the first quarter, he goes up for a floater, comes down weird on his left knee, hobbles up the court, Ends up laying on the sideline before leaving under his own power. It was really biting a towel because he looked to be in so much pain. Um, and he didn't return. 
Now, we would later find out from ESPN's David Gwendman and a couple other sources that the x-rays he had at the arena, but he's coming back to Cleveland to get a deeper look and, and go to the Cleveland Clinic to get his knee checked out. It means he's probably getting an MRI. It means he's probably going to get some sort of motion testing. Um, and we don't exactly know how hurt he is. All we really know right now is that it didn't look particularly good. It's also worth noting that, according to Joe Varden, Cleveland.com, and other people uh, that were at this game and reporting on the Cavs all the time, and uh, it maybe makes sense considering how he's played so far this year, JR has been dealing with a sore left knee. Now, it, we can't, you know, say because he played, he got hurt. Like, that would be sort of reckless causation, uh, reckless speculation, based on the facts that we actually know about his injury, but... You know, it's it's not great that he like had a sore knee, was trying to play through it and get back to being J.R. Smith that we know that was such a big part of this Finals team last year, and then he get then he suffers this knee injury. Again, we don't really know exactly what the extent of this is. It could be something where he somehow is playing tomorrow night when the Cavs play New York. It could be something where he's out, you know, the rest of the week as they're traveling, and then. Um, he, you know, plays Saturday on the second half of the back-to-back they have uh, during for Harvard Classic Nights against the Heat, and then the, the Hornets on Saturday. Maybe it's a knee sprain and he's out, you know, a month. We don't really know yet. I would expect to find out probably before tomorrow's game that is the next time this team will be available to travel day for them today. So, they, you know, they're not going to be available to uh, the media that is traveling and following them to New York. And if he is out... That is certainly an issue because he is the team's starting shooting guard. We know he's not playing particularly well this year. We know that this the J.R. Smith we've seen this year hasn't been the J.R. Smith that has really been at the best of his abilities for, for just kind of a lack of a uh, way to get super descriptive about it. You know, for this season, uh, he's played 16 games, just under 30 minutes a night, He's only shooting 31.1% from the field, 32.7% from three on 6.9 attempts per game, which is higher than what he took last year by .3. Uh, last year, for reference, he did shoot 41.5% from the field and 40% from three. So, obviously, you know, we know he makes his money from behind the line, hits about three threes a game, and he's a, he's a big floor spacer for this team. He's not doing that so far this year. Maybe it's the knee. Maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it's, you know, he's not fully in shape after training him still, but maybe it's a combination of those things. And this injury isn't really going to help him. Maybe, maybe the injury allows him to get healthy. Maybe he needed some rest. Um, we, we don't really know all these things yet. We're going to get into it more as more information comes in, as I do some of my own reporting and check this out. But not a great thing that Jared Smith is hurt by any means. We'll talk about later uh, in terms of we look at the depth that we saw in this game and some of the potential issues we're going to have with the rotation if J.R. Smith is out for any extended period of time, but uh, losing him in any way is not great. They went to DeAndre Liggins for him at the start of the second half, which I thought made some sense. But again, X-ray is negative. He's going to go back to Cleveland to get it looked at further, and we'll know more in the coming days. But for now, just know that he's hurt. It's not great. Didn't look great. He looked to be in a lot of pain. Walked out under his own power. And we'll find out more after he goes back to see the Cleveland Clinic doctors and get some a further, deeper evaluation. Something that you can't get after a game.
if you don't really know, it is impossible for JR to get the type of necessary evaluation he would need on his knee at the arena after a game. It's just not possible for what it is. So number two, uh, Kevin Love versus Pascal Skiam is a huge advantage for the Cavs, and I, I think last night uh, really showed this. So in the first half, Love has 20 points, 7 boards, 6 of 10 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3. And, and I think you saw in that half particularly how much Love is just going to dominate him. Skiam plays really hard. Uh, he has potential as a player for sure. Uh, and, and I think he he does a lot of things you like as a player in terms of effort, in terms of what he is. And yes, Patrick Patterson's going to come off the bench and play minutes for them, but he's not really going to compete with Love either, uh, for because he's not a, he's particularly not a good help side defender, and Love really manipulates that. But Love owns Skiam early in games. Uh, he pump fakes him. He makes him take kind of reckless angles on Love when he's at the three-point line. He, you know, sneaks away, and Skiam has no idea where he is on the floor at times. Patterson did a lot of the same thing, where LeBron could get easy, these simple passes to Love where his demand just kind of lost him. Honestly, I think that was the the major reason why the Cavs won last night was Kevin Love. Yes, LeBron had 34 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals, and, you know, had the, high, the team's uh, best... Plus minus amongst the starters, and you know he played really well. But Love gives this team an advantage over Toronto that is maybe their biggest gap uh, in terms of you know matching up guys on the floor. I mean, LeBron's obviously going to give the Cavs an advantage no matter what he does because of who he is, how good he is, and because of the fact that he's LeBron James. Like he he's the best player in the world. He gives you an advantage, but Love is just such a net positive for the Cavs against Toronto right now. That And I, I think it kind of tilts the series in their favor a lot of ways. I mean, if you look at just, again, how Skiam defended him in the first half particularly, Love would pump fake him and he'd, Skiam would just leap past him trying to block a shot. Love would just, again, find his way to the corner and Skiam would have no idea where he is. Love plays just really, really well in this matchup. He doesn't really have... Any, they don't really have an option to really defend him. Um, you know, again, I like Patrick Patterson a lot. I'm a big fan of two paths. Not a good weak side defender. And a lot of the ways the Cavs are using uh, Love in the second half, especially when Patterson's closing out games, is having him be a shooter off LeBron, and he's getting open looks when that happens. When he's the focal point of the offense, like he was for parts of the first half before they kind of went away from him. He just dominates his matchups. I'm personally, I think when they play Toronto, the Cavs should lean on Love even more. I just think he can do so much good work in this matchup. And last night's a prime example of it. He finished it in 30 minutes last night. Love was eight of 18 from the field, six of 11 from three. So not a particularly good two-point performance, but that's fine. Got to the line six times, made all six free throws, uh, had 14 rebounds, only two turnovers, only two, only two personal fouls. Finished at 28 points. Just a really, really good game from Kevin Love. Part of a really good performance from the Big Three where all three scored at least 24 points. And LeBron did everything. Kyrie had seven assists. Uh, again, six turnovers. But, you know, seven assists for Kyrie is kind of a lot for what we've seen from him this year. But Love was just so good last night. Also, you know, just dominating the boards against Skiam as well. Um, which is something that we normally think. When we think of good rebounders in the Cavs, but a lot of times we do think of Tristan Thompson. 
who also had 14 rebounds last night. But Love really gives the Cavs such an advantage in this matchup that I, I think Toronto has to really maybe consider going to get a power forward, um, even if it's a guy that's a temporary fix. If they want to beat the Cavs, and maybe this is they have to go for because Lowry's going to be free agent and everything, they maybe need a guy who can at least match up better with Love than what they have now. And I think last night, if you go back and watch the tape, look at the box score, or you just go back and watch the game if you haven't seen it yet, I think Love really, really gives the Cavs an advantage against Toronto. And again, last night was a huge example of that. Uh, the last takeaway I have from this game is that the Cavs' depth is going to be interesting to see how it develops and plays itself out. If... J.R. Smith is out for any extended period of time. Uh, as I noted, DeAndre Liggins did start the second half. He's okay, but I wouldn't say he's actually like a good rotation player uh, for what he is. I mean, he, he actually played more minutes than Shumper last night, which was interesting. The Cavs do like him. He has experience playing with LeBron in Miami, but I don't think he's actually all that good, to be quite honest. Um... It's, I, I don't, and it'll be interesting to see who they start at shooting guard if uh, J.R. Smith is out because sh they like using Shumpert as a backup point guard, and if you start him, it kind of kind of messes with your the flow of how you want to run things. The Cavs sort of have not really found specific substitution patterns uh, in a broad sense yet. That you know they do. Tyloo likes to try different things. He likes to try different lineups, and that, that's kind of good for what this team is and for where we are in this season, um, but but Shumpert has kind of had this role where he comes in and he's supplementing Love and he's supplementing LeBron, and he's he's filling sort of a Deli-esque role with the second units. If you start him, it becomes harder to match his minutes that way, and if you do match his minutes that way, that means he's probably going to means you're going to have to play longer stretches to start the game, and there's just a lot of issues there, especially if you now need him to close the game. Um, I, I think maybe the best way to handle this is to keep bringing him off the bench, increase his minutes for sure, get him to maybe 25 to 27, uh, but maybe you lean on Richard Jefferson more. Maybe Liggins is your is a temporary starter for the next you know two weeks if Jarrison is out that long. And it, maybe this means Jordan McGray is going to get a chance. I think maybe this gives Kay Felder a chance to get himself off the bench and play himself in this minutes because what we've seen of him so far hasn't been particularly good. Uh, there are a lot of issues there with the depth because we just don't know exactly what this team has on the wing. I mean, it, I'd feel better about this if I was the Cavs, if Mike Dunleavy had been playing well. You know, he's coming off the concussion. Um, he, he still isn't shooting very well. Only played seven minutes last night, so there's something just weird with him. We, If Jerry is out, the Cavs are going to have to find some way to fill those minutes correctly. I don't know if that's playing Jefferson more. I don't know if that's uh, giving Shumpert a starting role. I, the way I would handle it is I would start Jefferson or Liggins. I would start one of the two or McGray. I, got, I don't even know if it matters that much because you kind of like having Jefferson off the bench as well. And then I would just increase Jefferson and Shumpert's minutes. I might even try Dunleavy because I think you need to find a way to jumpstart him. And if you're playing him where he no longer has to be maybe the second shooter on the lineup and becomes the the fourth guy, maybe that gives him a chance to get these the type of open looks uh, he needs to get going. But I think you're going to see Tyron Lue have to try some things over the next two weeks or a month. If J.R. Smith does it forever how long J.R. Smith is out with his knee injury, I think you're going to have to see Tyron Lue experimenting 
with different lineups, with trying to figure out who is going to fill those minutes. Because J.R. Smith is a 30-minute-a-night player, a huge floor spacer for the Cavs, a vital piece to this team. If he's out at all, it changes things for sure. Again, it's December. J.R. is by no means probably, as far as we know, uh, going to be out You know when the season gets real for this team. But if you want to see them develop chemistry, if you want to see them kind of move into the right the move towards the type of play that we saw them hit in the finals and be the most cohesive way they can possibly be. When the playoffs roll around, you want him around, and you want him to get out of his shooting slump again. Jared's not playing that well, and maybe rest helps him in some weird, twisted way, but you never want to see a guy get hurt. You never want to see a guy go down like he did, and if you're the Cavs, it's going to really test how good you are on the wing. And maybe, you know, again, I think we'll probably see... Um, some t- trade speculation on Twitter now. If you're on Cavs Twitter, people probably clamoring to make a deal for somebody now. I don't know if that this really prompts that. It, it depends on the injury. If it was a you know serious injury that was going to maybe end his season, I would certainly say maybe you need to go out and get somebody because I don't know if you're winning a title with uh, DeAndre Liggins and Jordan McRae, one of the two or both of them playing serious minutes at the two spot, but... If he's out a month, you can make do. It's not going to be pretty at times. I think it puts a lot more pressure on Kyrie Irving to uh, be better defensively and to maybe take on a more of a distributing role in certain senses. I think it it makes Irving and Love shooting more important, I think. And it also, maybe maybe that's the biggest takeaway here, is that it gives guys like Jordan McRae, DeAndre Liggins, maybe Mike Dunley if you want to class him that way, maybe Kay Felder if he... Uh, gets there a chance to take on something, take on a role, and carve out a niche for themselves in this team that they haven't yet. Um, and if there's a positive to, to that, of them getting that chance, and it makes the Cavs better in three months, maybe this all just sort of works up, but we don't know yet. And expect to see some really wonky uh, lineups and maybe some non-consistent lineups if J.R. Smith is out for an extended period of time. And Lou has to try some try some different things. Maybe just expect to see some stuff that you're not used to. Uh, before we move on to the winding of the winners and look ahead to our next game, just want to let you guys know about something Daniel Rowell, who's been in the show before and works for the Sword, is doing. So don't let 2016 distract you from the fact that the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals and by a limited 3-1 addition lead lapel pin and sticker pack from I'm Sorry Mark Jackson, a merch store by Daniel Rowell, an FTS writer and a great illustrator who writes ahead on the Fearless Order newsletter. While you're there, you can also pick up a Doors Burkpin or a Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy stickers, and all proceeds go directly to Dan's donut-filled dye and art. So go to bit.ly backslash sorrymark and buy Dan's pin so Dan can buy donuts. Again, go to bit.ly backslash sorry mark and you can get these great 3-1 lapel pins and a sticker pack from dan's store he designed them himself they're great the doors of burke pins are really cool too and so are the mark jackson and jeff van gundy stickers um, and go support dan's donut die and his art he's a great artist and i'm a big fan of supporting people like dan who are independent creators doing some really cool things out there so go again bit.ly backslash sorry mark we'll be promoing this all week and if you're and if you're an advertiser out there who maybe wants to hear your ad in this spot on the podcast drop me an email at lockdowncasagmail.com and you could fill this spot uh, we can do some business is that the new iphone yeah got it on t-mobile fastest iphone deserves america's fastest lte network 
Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. And now we're going to move on to wine and gold winners, the section of the show where we just take a little looks at some of the smaller things in the show. Have three wine and gold winners for this game. First up, Richard Jefferson, who we've talked about a tad bit, is just so useful in this matchup. Uh, his size and his ability to play the two against DeRozan really, really matters. Um, DeRozan is a player who thrives on being more physical and just driving on guys and getting inside, getting fouled, getting layups, and getting mid-range shots off. Jefferson, uh, I think of this possession, in this, I believe it was in the second half last night, where Jefferson gave him that little space to absorb the rush of DeRozan's drives, forced him into a contested two, and it was because Jefferson used his size, used his ability as a smart defender to move his feet and just let, use that space to his advantage. Uh, and force DeRozan and not allow him to get a full head of steam and force him to settle for a uh, contested mid-range shot. This was the type of defense you need to do under Rosen. He really is a huge part of what Toronto does, and he's going to get his in some way because he is just a good enough scorer, even if he's playing sort of a backwards way or a non-modern way in what he's doing. But Jefferson defends him really well. So useful in this matchup, and I think, you know, maybe if you're playing Toronto and JR is out, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing RJ getting some more minutes there, just because I think he fits the matchup so perfectly. Um, as I noted, the Cavs are now 3-0 and against Toronto this year, after losing the season series last year. And the Cavs don't play this team again until April. A lot's going to change between now and then. I believe it's actually the Cavs' regular season finales against Toronto, so they're probably going to be resting guys, and they'll probably won't matter all that much for the Cavs if we sort of know where the season heads and things play out like we expect them to. But that's a nice change from last year. Um, I think last year we saw the Cavs play down to their level times, maybe not play the best basketball they've played. And this year they have dominated Toronto in certain aspects. They haven't necessarily totally just beat the brakes off them in, in a convincing way because these have been close, tight games. Even when the Cavs got up by double digits last night, we saw Toronto fight back. But the Cavs are clearly better. Uh, they're clearly the class of the East. And... Uh, if there's a positive from last night, even with J.R. Smith's injury, something that Mars that is going to mar a win, it's that they're 3-0 against Toronto. And that leads us to the third one to go winner is that the Cavs are again atop of the Eastern Conference. Now, I, I think even if they didn't have the best record, which has been the case at a few different points this year, I think most of us would consider the Cavs the best team in the East. But they now have a game lead uh, over the Toronto, a three-game lead over Boston, a three-game lead over the Hornets, and a three-and-a-half game over the fifth-place Knicks and the fifth place, and the sixth-place Bulls. Cavs are 11-4 and four against the conference, uh, and the only place they have a bad record right now is they're 1-3 and three against the Central Division, which is just sort of hilarious, because um, I've lost to Indiana, uh, Milwaukee, and Chicago. Um, so, Cavs broke their winning streak last night after losing three straight. Broke a six-game Toronto Raptors winning streak. They're 14-5, have a one-game lead in the East, and are back atop where they should be. Broke that losing streak, and maybe the honeymoon stage, as LeBron said, is over, and the Cavs are here to get serious. Um, I expect we'll see some more 
lows on the road, but it is what it is. Um, as noted, the Cavs' next game is against the New York Knicks. Uh, we're going to be previewing the show with Jared Dubin from Locked On Knicks. The Cavs did beat them earlier this year on opening night. Um, the Knicks are fifth in the East. And they're, they're flaws, but they're kind of okay in some ways. Chris Stapps has been really good of late. And we're looking forward to talking to Jared about how the Knicks have developed this year and getting into that. Um, but that'll be tomorrow's show. And we're also going to recap the game with him for Thursday's show. So get two doses of a Locked On Knicks, Locked On Cavs crossover. Always looking forward to that because Jared's one of the smartest basketball guys, basketball writers out there. Uh, and a great host. So, looking again, looking forward to that. And if you have mailback questions for next week, we had so many great ones on yesterday's show with Carter Rodriguez. You can drop those to LockedOnCavs at gmail.com or to LockedOnCavs on Twitter. Um, follow me on Twitter at CDMMWrites. Thanks again to BetDSI for sponsoring the show. Again, go check out Daniel Rowell's pins at bit.ly backslash sorry mark. And we'll talk to you tomorrow when Jared Dubin from Knicks helps us preview Wednesdays. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17